time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Well, hey there, and welcome to another edition of the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Walter Storholt with Glenn Mosseller, registered financial consultant and the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting. You can find us online at roadmapfinancial.com and schedule your own free consultation by looking for the link at the bottom of the page. We've got a great episode today. Glenn, how are you this week? I'm doing pretty well, Walter. How are you doing? I'm glad to hear that. I'm great. Uh, looking forward to the conversation today. We're, we haven't done this in a while, so we're going to get to cover a lot of different topics on today's show. We're going to be talking about common questions that people have, another round of these. And I'll kind of role play a little bit, Glenn, or throw out some hypotheticals your way. We're going to cover a, a lot of ground on today's show. And I don't know, I'm hoping that this will just give us the chance to see what it would be like to meet with you in your office and, you know, have a conversation about what's going on in our lives. How's that sound? That sounds like a winner, Walter. Let's do it. From a financial perspective. Well, we'll keep the topics limited to that, okay? <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's role play on this first one a little bit. Let's say I'm 55 and I'm worried a little bit about the Social Security uh, the stability of the system. I just don't know if it's going to be around for the rest of my lifetime and how that impacts my financial future and retirement. What do you think? How do you answer that kind of concern uh, when folks come in the office and meet with you? Well, I mean, Walter, I mean, it, it's uh, you hear it from time to time. And I mean, here's the, here's the thing. I mean, you know, let's say I mean, in this scenario, you know, this person's 55 years old, right? Well, I mean, there's not really a whole lot that they can do about it other than they, obviously they can cast votes at elections and so forth. But the bottom line is, is that they're, I mean, their paycheck, they're going to have, they're going to have those FICA taxes pulled out, right? And it's going to be what it is. And so the, you know, I don't, I don't really have concerns about social security not being there. I certainly, there, there, there are always concerns or, or at least interests about how is it going to evolve, right? Because it's, it's, it has, it has evolved over time significantly. It, it's by nowhere, it's nowhere near the, the, the kind of program that it was, you know, back in the 1930s when it was, for, when it was first adopted. And, you know, little, little by little, it's, you know, it's changed. And so, I, you know, I can't imagine a, you know, a set of politicians just completely doing away with Social Security, you know, through legislation and then having a president sign it into law. It's, it's just, it's, you know, to, to just you know, abolish it, right? I mean, that's, it's part of the overall system that we have. And, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like you can't, you can't unscramble scrambled eggs. And, and every single person who has worked, you know, a day in their life, you know, you know, has contributed into the Social Security system through their FICA taxes. And so you can't really extract it out. I, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna change a bit, you know. And you know, they may change the the retirement age, or you know, you know, other things around it, or you know, how much of it might be subject to taxation. But the you know, having it just completely perish, you know, I, I would be if that happens. I, I'm concerned about the stability of everything because if Social Security goes away, then all likelihood, then that that means that something as significant as going on. You know, the United States has fallen or, you know, something of that drag, you know, tragic, uh, you know, magnitude. And in, in which case, then, you know, all your other assets probably are, are, are in question, too, in terms of the value and what you're being able to depend on. So, you know, I mean, I, I, that said, I, I don't mean to, to sound like, well, you know, you, you shouldn't have any concerns or thoughts about Social Security, but it's kind of one of those things. It's like you, you, you know, you worry about the things that you that you can control and, and the things that you can take action upon. And there's not really a lot that you can do about it. So, 
you know, you think in terms of, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to save money, you know, in, in these, you know, for my retirement and these other types of accounts and, you know, and, and so forth. And then, you know, you, you know, you plan for the worst and hope for the best, but it's very unlikely. And at least, at least from, from everything that I can gather and I've studied that, that social security just completely goes away. Does that kind of make sense, Walter, in terms of how you how you might want to think about it? Yeah, it does. So, like, uh, it's okay, and it, and it sounds like it's right to have our attention and some concern about Social Security for anybody who's approaching retirement. It's just that where that attention is directed within the Social Security concern is a little bit off. Not so much on the, like, is it going to be there, but how's it going to change? How's it going to morph? Am I relying on it too much? Those are the more important questions to be asking, it sounds like. Right. And obviously, you know, you're going to be you know, obviously pay attention as, you, as you're going along. You know, I mean, I think, you know, the folks who are in their mid to late 50s or beyond are going to probably, you know, see fewer changes to that, you know, to the Social Security system. I think if, you know, if you're in like your maybe early 50s or 40s or 30s or, you know, younger than that, you know, well, you know, you're probably going to see a whole lot more changes to the Social Security system than somebody who's who's closing in re- into retirement. I mean, in this case, we have somebody who's 55. I mean, they're 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 basically six or seven years away from being able to uh, to access their Social Security at age 62. Right. And so, you know, so and, you know, now that doesn't mean that they necessarily want to take it. That's a whole nother conversation about in terms of how to strategize when to start taking your benefits. But what my point is, is that they're they're within striking distance, so to speak, of, of getting to their Social Security benefits and the likelihood of, of, of it changing in a dramatic way for somebody who's that close to retirement. You know, it's relatively remote. You know, I mean, now can it happen? Of course. I mean, you know, I I can't predict what Washington's going to do and what the politicians are going to do, other than the fact that it's like I I know that they like to get reelected, and <laughs> and if and if if they if they take actions to really harm Social Security, I I can't see that that's going to be beneficial to their efforts in trying to get reelected. So that's, you know, that's kind of where it all evolves around. It's like, you know, what, you know, how, what can they do to it? You know, it's, it's a really challenging thing for, I mean, everybody realizes that there, that there's need for funding and so forth, but you know, that, that we've had that scenario, you know, you, you, you know, all the way back through time. I mean, you go back to the 1980s and the 1990s and there were, there were significant changes and updates to the social security system at that point. And we're kind of closing in on that, you know, happening again. But, you know, again, it's kind of stay tuned, but, you know, it, it's 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 very likely going to be there. Just the question is to what form it's in, you know, and when people get the letters, you know, it says, well, with, with in a nutshell, in essence, there, there's a little disclaimer there that says, well, based on today's funding, you know, the your, you know, your benefits, you know, could potentially be reduced starting in, in you know, in such and such a year. And, you know, that'll, you know, that'll change from time to time. But, you know, that, 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 that is to this point has never happened. And, you know, and if, and if it, if it came to that, uh, that's a scenario where the, the politicians would be in, in, I think in, in really difficult street, you know, situation. And they're very, very likely to try to figure out a way to make that work and probably cut something else instead. I think that's huge, Glenn, and uh, glad we're able to cover that topic on today's show. Again, common question, Social Security for anybody approaching retirement, and uh, you can formulate those questions from many different angles. All right, let's play another hypothetical here. Um, let's say that uh, I'm, I, I just had the unfortunate situation of my father dying and it was in his late 60s, and perhaps my mother died earlier on in uh, in my life, but she was in her early 70s. 
and so now I'm kind of wondering, huh, maybe I don't have to plan for much longevity myself just based on family history. Does that mean I should start Social Security as early as I can? Do you see people with those kinds of motivations when they come in to meet with you? You do from time to time, Walter. And, you know, and, and there, I mean, the, you, there's more questions in there, right? I mean, you know, you have to ask the kind of, you know, there are some questions, you know, you know, was, you know, was the father or the mother, were they smokers, right? Did, you know, what kind of lifestyle did they live and, and those kinds of things? I mean, genes play a role, but, you know, lifestyle and lifestyle choices play a role too. And sometimes, you know, I mean, I, you know, you see situations where folks, you know, maybe, you know, it was, it was, you know, it was just a kind of a rare disease that popped up, you know, that's not likely to reoccur or, you know, you see, you know, you see, you know, you know, accidents and things like that. So there's, there's, there's an awful lot of things there. And what I always try to you know, suggest to folks is, is that, you know, I mean, even, even when, you know, you have genes that, you know, that when you typically have, you know, it's like if you go back and through, you know, through your, um, you know, you look back and you look at your, at your folks and, and their brothers and sisters and your grandparents and things like that. I mean, you have to take all of that with a grain of salt in terms of the, how long they lived because, you know, I mean, medical technology and breakthroughs, you know, are happening all the time. And, you know, and, and, and in general, people are living longer, right? So even if you, you know, even if, if, you, if you live a shorter lifespan in relative terms, you still may end up living significantly longer than, you know, than other people, you know, in your family history. You know, and so you, you, nobody has that crystal ball to know exactly how long you're going to live. If you if you knew that, well, then of course you could pinpoint exactly the day that you stay that you should turn that on and when you should access your other accounts and everything else. But nobody nobody has that, and so you know, I always I always tell folks it's like you know if you're going to err, you want to err on the side of of living longer because you don't really want to end up in a scenario where it's like, you know, you thought, oh, gosh, I thought I was going to die at this age. And I lived, you know, 20 years past that or 10 years past that or whatnot. And you and you ran out of money because you just you just you, you, know, you didn't think there was any way possible that you could live that long. And, you know, and I have seen those kind of scenarios that happen. And so it's, you know, I always feel like it's it's the, the way you plan is you plan as if you're going to be here longer than you think. And that way you're, you know, you're, you know, you're in a, you're in a better scenario if that does happen. And, and that's really the, I think you have to plan that way. It's, it's, it's kind of a strange planning, you know, perspective if you're planning on, you know, dying really young. You know, I mean, it, it's there. The people may, may may have certain beliefs around that, and maybe, and you know, and if there's a diagnosis or something else that's out there, you know, I'm not saying that that that, that there's there's no merit in any and all cases, but I'm just saying in general, you know, if you if you're just kind of going along and you're looking at, you know, how how long did your parents live and so forth, you have to kind of think a little bit beyond just well, they died younger, so I'm probably well too. There, there there's a whole lot more to it than just that. You with me? I am with you all the way there, Glenn. Yep, absolutely. And so we've got to take in, just like with everything else related to Social Security, all these other factors that go into it. And you adjust one little element of the plan or one little thing like, uh, you know, a couple of different years of longevity can change a plan completely if you don't have a plan that's built flexible enough to handle those changes and those differences. So that is certainly key. We're going to hit a few right. other topics on today's show, but if you've got some more questions about Social Security that you'd like to talk out with Glenn, feel free to reach out anytime. You can go to RoadmapFinancial.com and click on the free consultation button on the page. Look near the bottom, RoadmapFinancial.com, or give Glenn a call at 336-291-3535. 
336-291-3535. No matter where you are, Glenn can meet with you virtually, or you can come in to the office in person in Greensboro. All right, another hypothetical for you, Glenn. Uh, let's say that uh, my daughter just turned 18, and I'd like to help her get off on the right foot with retirement savings. I know you always have very uh, very thoughtful clients who come in. They're not just thinking about their own financial health, and they're wondering what's the best way to get maybe the next generation, either their kids or maybe even grandkids, getting them started on the right foot. Right. Well, I mean, th- there's there's a number of different ways, and I, you know, I don't think I have a monopoly on on good ideas there. I've, I mean, sometimes I, you know, I hear things, you know, you know, you read different materials, books, you go to you go to workshops, and you, but you know, some of the best some of the best ideas I've had, you know, you know, that I've heard, you know, come have come from clients, right? I, you know, I know that there's, you know, some, you know, some folks will give, you know, will give, uh, you know, like grandkids, they'll give them like a, you know, a few shares of, you know, of, of stock in a company that they might be interested in, like you know, like Coca-Cola or Disney or something like that, where there's interest and it brings the, it brings their awareness, you know, to the idea of, of investing and, you know, and, and, and how the, how the financial world kind of works a little bit, you know, or at least an introduction to it. Right. Those are some interesting things. And then, you know, and then, and it like maybe, maybe over time, you know, it's like at Christmas time, they, you know, they might get a, you know, a share or two of, you know, of, of, of a particular company, you know, and, and, and it, over time, that you know, they they start, they have they have a little something there, and it, and it just kind of like I say, it kind of brings their awareness to it, and you know, and 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 that can be a nice introduction. Um, one of the best things I've heard in terms of you know having an adult child that that you know that or somebody's 18, 19, 20, 21, you know, they're trying to get them to to get you know an idea about what to do and so forth. It's it's kind of a variation off of your you know the 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 401k model. Whereas it's like with a 401k, oftentimes the employer there's a match right up to a certain point. And I you know I've had I had one client say this is this is what I did you know with with uh, with with my son when he you know when he came of age and he started working and whatnot. He said, look, he says you you know you're you can put in you can put in up to you know you know you know and I'm not going to use a specific dollar amount because over the years it's changed but you know whatever the limit of of an IRA is is you know that that's that's how much you you can put in son and so you know what what I will do is is that if you put if you put in half of that I'll put in half of that or whatever you put you know whatever you put in you know, I'll match that. Now, obviously, it, it can't, you know, you can't actually make a direct contribution into the, into the IRA for the son or daughter. You know, it, it has to, it has to, you know, be from the, you know, from the son or daughter because it's, it is an IRA. It's an individual retirement account. But what could happen is, is that the parent could, you know, could give them that, that amount of money. And the, there's obviously a commitment on the other side that, that, you know, that they, that they, you know, they fully fund or they fund it up to a point. And, you know, and, and that, and that was that was really I thought a very interesting way of doing it because there was an awful lot of incentive there because it's like free money right but yet at the same time you know it's a gift but it's a gift that you know that 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 has you know that causes the 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 young adult to to really think hey you know this is worthwhile you know I mean I I get you know automatically I get a hundred percent return <laughs> you know and and you know and and I'm getting supported here and then it starts to build good habits and strong habits. I, I felt like that was one of the best ideas I'd ever heard. Fantastic. Great to hear things like that, Glenn. And uh, always nice when you can then take some of the great things that you've heard from previous clients and share them with your new clients and kind of just to spread that wealth of knowledge around to folks. That's kind of neat. When you work with yeah. an advisor, it's it's going to all be 
you know, especially somebody like you, Glenn, who's very focused on that education aspect of the entire financial picture. It's kind of neat how, um, I don't know, it's a very individual thing to talk about your finances with someone, but you're also like joining this network of people who have all gone through this a similar process and you're able to uh, learn from you know their successes and, and then you learn from the mistakes that people make before they come to meet with you and you're able to help other folks avoid all those things. So kind of neat. It's kind of like you're, you're getting to join that team of folks who have gone through the planning process as well and learning and standing on the shoulders of those who have come before you in some ways while still maintaining a lot of your you know individual planning elements as well. But right. pretty neat. All right. Uh, I know you had a lot of questions, Glenn, about housing. So let's talk about uh, maybe a common situation that happens there where people say, you know what, our house is a lot bigger than we need right now. A lot of baby boomers can probably identify with this. Uh, So, you know, we should probably downsize, but it's also the place where we raised our family. And so maybe there's some emotional attachment to it. Is it foolish to keep a house when you have some of these attachments, but you know, it's maybe too big or not the right fit anymore when you could probably go live somewhere else and, and maybe do it cheaper? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, you know, it, of course, there's, a not a, there's no such thing as a one-size-fits-all answer to that. And, you know, it kind of and it depends on scale, too, right? I mean, if you're talking about a house that, um, you know, that is maybe, I don't know, you know, $50,000, you know, or, you know, less expensive or whatnot, you, you know, when you start doing the math, it might not be that big of a thing. But if you're talking about, you know, something that, you know, might be 100, 150,000, you know, and then I'm just throwing out, you know, what ifs. I mean, di- different people are going to are going to look at dollar amounts and they're going to think, oh, that's more significant than somebody else might. Right. So, you know, you have to you have to kind of think that think that through. But and the, the other the other piece of that, Walter, before I jump over to, you know, to another piece of that is, is that it also depends upon, you know, what what else have you saved for retirement? Right. I mean, you know, it, it's some folks really like the idea of having extra room, right? And it's like I'm used to living here, and it's a lot. It's a lot to try to, you know, try, you know, to move. And if you've saved enough in your other accounts, and you know, you you're going to have the resources available and whatnot, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing to stick around, you know, and stay in that house. It it really it's really depends on what do you want and what and what can you really do and what can you afford? Do you have other assets that 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 you know that can support your lifestyle? And if the answer is yes, then then now you know now and now it's more of a choice. If if the answer is no, and it's like you know it's, it's kind of cutting it close, well then maybe you really think in those terms. But it's you know you you know that you can you could downsize from necessity or or want to right you know it 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 just you know it, again it depends you know realistically you know a lot of times folks you know folks have an idea that they that they that they want to move and do something different and then they start looking around. And sometimes it's hard to find exactly what they what they like. And then they start thinking about it's like, "Mm, man, you know, packing up, you know, like 30 or 40 years of stuff that we've accumulated. Well, that is a lot of work. And they, you know, so there's so many different aspects to it. And so I, I really I hesitate to say, well, you know, and give this, you know, this big generalized answer because everybody's situation is is is, you know, is significantly different. I, I think one one of the questions, too, is, is that, you know, where 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 are you going to have, you know, the holidays? Right. And, you know, family get togethers and that kind of thing. Most oftentimes, you know, if you have adult children and they have kids and you obviously have grandkids and whatnot, you know, sometimes their houses aren't so big either because they're just trying to get started and whatnot. And if you've got more than one kid, you know, more than one child and they've got, you know, and they've got children as well, you know, you might need that extra space 
even if it's just a few times a year, but it kind of helps keep the family unit together and, and all of that. So there are so many different, you know, elements to that. And I think it really comes down to individual conversations and, you know, and, and what your needs and desires are and, you know, not just the dollars and cents of it, though that may, you know, that will certainly make a difference. But, you know, you have to look at, you know, what do you want your retirement to be like? And that, you know, includes all the lifestyle choices that come with it, how you spend your time, you know, where you're living, you know, you know, can you easily have, you know, you know, have family get togethers. There's so many, there's so many elements to that. I just, you know, I, I always say let's let's have a conversation when it comes to housing because housing is is a really emotional thing right because it's like like you say it's where you're it's where you you know raise your family there's so many memories and there's all these different things and then you know you, you don't just want to just look at it through the prism of just you know well you know how many how many you know dollars should i really have invested in this house versus you know versus being somewhere else you know certain personalities are going to be that way but but oftentimes it, 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 there's a whole lot more to that to that question, and you know, and, and it's maybe something that not, maybe is not necessarily answered in a, in a quick conversation. Sometimes it's multiple conversations and really thinking about it, and then and then having conversation with your you know with your spouse and and even even with the kids too, right? You know, it's it's like you know you know how you know how far away do they live? You know, and you know you know in terms of trying to you know get you know get together and you know and have have family get-togethers and that kind of thing. There's 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 so much to it, Walter, and and. Uh, I think you know, folks just really need to to take a step back and and take some real time and 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 think about that one before they just start making that decision. Great points all around, Glenn. And uh, yeah, the housing situation and the housing question also something that you can't give standard advice on because uh, the uh, market around us is constantly changing too. So it may have been easier to downsize a few years ago, and that might actually be harder these days with how how crazy the market is. So, yeah. uh, you know, you might yeah. get a lot smaller house and end up just being basically paying the same amount uh, or folks who ever thought of renting versus buying uh, the rent prices are constantly increasing now in, in a crazy way. So yeah, a lot of curveballs that you got to be able to deal with there. So definitely one question to talk out in depth with your advisor. All right. Last question, Glenn, that we'll cover on today's podcast again, covering lots of ground here. And this gets to maybe just a little bit of that, a uh, little bit of that comparison. Uh, maybe it hits as well on timing of things as well, but let's say you've got somebody that comes into the office and they're looking at their neighbor retiring, let's say, two years ago. And that neighbor has decided to go back to work because money is too tight. And so now I'm a little nervous because I just retired last month and I think we're okay, but a little worried that the same thing might happen to me. So I've come in to meet with you and I'm asking you, how can I make sure that I don't have to go back to work? Right. Well, Walter, I mean, it, it, there's, again, it's, it's a, it depends situation, right? In terms of the answer, right? But, but the, you have to evaluate, you know, how, what do you, what do you have in terms of, you know, do you have a pension? Do you have, you know, what, what does your social security benefits look like? You know, are you married? You know, do, you know, does your spouse have a pension? What does their social security look like? How do you, you know, what, how much have you saved and, and how is the, how are those dollars that you've saved? How are they positioned? What kind of an account are they in? Are they in a, you know, in a, in a, like a 401k or a traditional IRA? Or do you have some Roth savings? You know, do, you know, do you have money saved in other types of accounts? You know, is it, is it all exposed to market risk? Do you have things, you know, in a, in a, in a plan such that you know that, that you can depend on, you know, money for, for, you know, for a you know, period of time you know, in terms of, in terms of cash flow? You know, there, there's so many variables there and, and, you know, it's not necessarily just how much money have you saved. It's where is that money, you know, being, you know, where do you have it positioned? 
How do you have a position? How much risk does it have? You know, what are the tax implications of that? What's your, what are your lifestyle needs, right? I mean, you know, you have a neighbor, you know, you don't necessarily know exactly how much they, how much they've saved. And, you know, they may or may not have the same lifestyle choices. You know, they may, they may be spending a lot more money than you do, or maybe they still have a mortgage and you've, and you've paid off your house. There, there's, you know, and then, and so, you know, when you get into that scenario, it's not necessarily how much income, but it's how much in- income you have in relative terms to the expenses that you have. Because if you have if you have an expense that's no longer there and, and your neighbor does, you know, the, the whole dynamic could be could be different. You know, so there's 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 so many elements to that. You also have to kind of think in a little bit in terms of, you know, inflation, though. I mean, because that's that's kind of rearing its head up and, you know, it's, it's likely going to be with us for a while. And, you know, you have to ask yourself the question, do you have do you have monies positioned in such a way that you could that you could have um, hedges against inflation? You know, do, you know, do you have do you have uh, monies positioned so that they can have, you know, you can have an increasing income, you know, over time, you know, regardless of what happens with, you know, with with, you know, with market conditions and so forth. Um, that's a key question because most people, you know, don't necessarily have that that packed into their into their overall plan, and that's something that that can play a significant role, you know, particularly you know years down the line. And so, you know, again, I, you know, what I would just say is is that if you've got those questions and you're not really sure, well, that's let's let's have let's have a conversation and let's really evaluate where you are. You know, what what are you what are your lifestyle needs? What are your you know what are your desires? You know, for you know leaving things to kids, grandkids, you know, causes that you care about, and all of all of those things come into play and figure out what is what are, you know what are the what is the likely you know tax scenario in terms of your you know the way you've put you know put your uh, your plan together and what kind of retirement assets do you have. You know, are, are you know, is are there ways to you know to reposition assets in such a way that you know you can reduce your you know your your tax your tax bite long term, right? I mean, tax aware planning is is really important because you know in retirement you typically are going to have a variety of different cash flows that are coming into you or stream you know streams of income versus like in your working years, you know, the vast majority of the money that was coming into, you know, into the household in your working years for most people anyway, is, you know, their salary or their wages, or maybe if they had a business, it's their business income. But, you know, when, when, when you go to retire, well, now it's different. You know, you might have money coming in from a pension. You might have money coming in from social security or two different social security checks. And then you've got, you know, uh, you have a retirement account over here. And, and so they're, they're not, you know, it's, you, then you have to determine, well, when am I going to activate this benefit or when am I going to start drawing money out of this account? And then how does that interact with the other ones? It, it, because not all of those types of accounts and income streams are going to be treated the same way in the tax code. And so sometimes inadvertently folks end up, you know, creating a bigger tax bill for themselves just because they're lacking some awareness of, of how of how things can can be structured so that, you know, you can you can draw a little from here and a little from there and, and position things a little differently that you can literally just in, in many, many cases, you can lower your tax bill over time just ha- just in terms of not what you've saved, but but, you know, how you've saved it and how you position it. And, you know, and, and how do you how do you access the, those those benefits and those and those accounts through time. It's really an interesting thing when you start th- when you start thinking in terms of and you start planning with with uh, you know with tax aware planning. It it makes a, it can make really make a big difference. You know, particularly when you're looking at you know uh, at a retirement that that's that's likely going to last you know 15, 20, 25 years or longer. 
you know, it, it's a cumulative effect. You know, if you save several thousand dollars a year for a couple decades or, or longer, it makes a it makes a big difference. Not only in terms of the money that went out, but the if, but the but the money that stayed had the ability to continue to you know to keep growing. Versus it, it once it leaves and, and goes off to and, and is spent or sent off in the form of taxes, it's no longer in your accounts and it's no longer has the ability to work for you. So it's it's really important to do that kind of planning and 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 to make sure that you know, that you're doing everything that you can and that you're that you have a, a good relation working relationship with your advisor that that you're you know creating a scenario where your your accounts are are, are very efficient and you know in the in the way that the, that you're going to access them you you don't have a lot of stuff falling through the cracks. Don't want anything falling through the cracks, Glenn, and that is why we talk about these things on the show, why we hope folks will seek out assistance and help if they need it, if they have questions, and uh, if that sounds like you, pick up the phone, give Glenn a call. You can address any of the kinds of things that we talked about on today's show or something else that's on your mind, anything to help you better prepare for your retirement, your financial future. You can get in touch by calling 336-291-3535. And again, no matter where you are, Glenn can meet with you virtually, or you can come into the office in person if you happen to be near Greensboro. 336-291-3535. Or you can go online to roadmapfinancial.com and book your free consultation. Just look at the bottom of the page for the button. Again, that's roadmapfinancial.com. Glenn, thanks for uh, covering all this ground for us on the show today, and we'll look forward to another good uh, show with you next week. All right, Walter. Take care now. All right, you do as well. That's Glenn Mosseller. I'm Walter Shorholt. We'll see you next time right back here on the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. <music> 